everyone. Welcome back to the fourth quarter comeback. I am your host, Six Pack Pat O'Connor, along with Jets fan for life. He is the top Jet. He is Red Zone Rick. Rick, how you doing? I'm doing good tonight, Pat. All right, Rick. We have a lot to go over this week and not a lot of time to do it in. We had a lot of playoff scenarios shake out this past week, and we have a few more going into the next week, and we are ready to roll. First, we'd like to ask you to follow us on Twitter at 4QC Show. You can also follow me at Six Pack Pat with the number six. And you can follow Rick at Rick Red Zone. Rick Red Zone. That is where you can find Rick's picks. All right, everybody. We are going to start off with this week's Battle of the Blue and White Titans. It was the Colts and the Cowboys in Indianapolis. Both teams are now 8-6. and six. That is because the Colts absolutely shit on the Dallas Cowboys. They shut them out 23 to nothing. Cowboys, they just did not look very good for my number one power-ranked team. They really didn't produce on offense. As we know, they're not really a great road team. It was shown here, Rick. Andrew Luck, he did not set the world on fire. My my uh, fantasy system starts. I can eat a little crow here. Andrew Luck did not do that great. Only 192 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. He, he was pretty mundane, but he was a good field general, or field captain, I should say. Uh, Marlon Mack, though, 139 yards, two touchdowns. He was running all over that Dallas defense. Rick, what did you think of the game? What did it tell you? Did it tell you more about the Colts or the Cowboys? What did you get from it? It told me a little more about the Cowboys than the Colts. The Colts, we we spoke about a couple weeks ago, and we both thought that they were headed to the playoffs. So this wasn't a big shock to me. The shock was the big donut that the Cowboys put up. That was the shock. Um, I think that the, the, field goal, the field goal block to start the game kind of set the tone. You know what I mean? It showed that the Colts were here to play and that they weren't afraid of, you know, this vaunted Dallas defense. And they came in with a game plan, and the game plan was to run the ball. You know, Dallas is known for putting pressure on the quarterback, so I think that they alleviated some pressure with Andrew Luck by running the ball. And it was a, it was a smart game plan, obviously, as you can see. The Colts, uh, people haven't been talking about their defense, but the Colts are playing magnificent defense. And my pick to be defensive rookie of the year, Darius Leonard. Also my pick, I agree, yep. Yeah? Should we go back? <laughs> no, we don't have access to those tapes, but I believe Darius Leonard has been my choice all year, and uh, that is about it. Leighton, Leighton Vander Esch on the other side of the field, though. He's he's right there with him. He definitely is, but going back to the Colts, I think that this guy uh, kind of, he brings, you know, he brings the, the hammer on this defense. This is not a bad defense. This team looks like they could kind of, be dangerous in the playoffs. You Not know? bad. I mean, they're top 10 in yards. They're top 11 in points. They're a very good defense. You know, they're very underrated right now. The whole Colts team is underrated right now. Yeah. And with Andrew Luck on the other side, you know, of that defense, they're looking pretty dangerous. You know, they're not the Bears, but they look like they can make some noise in the playoffs. Again, going back to the Cowboys, you know, I think that they let the Colts kind of dictate this game and the block field goal kind of set the tone and, you know, they kind of, Zeke had a good game numbers-wise, but they kind of took the ball out of his hands after a while getting in such a hole, the Cowboys, so. Exactly. You look at the stat sheet and you see, well, Zeke had 87 yards. He had a 4.8 average. He did fumble the ball once. He had seven catches, 41 yards. Zeke, by all metrics, generally had a pretty good game. Normally, when you see those stats on the sheet, it means Dallas wins. In this it case, it just, it, it wasn't, it was so quiet. It just, yeah, it, was it wasn't quiet. there because the Colts, like you said, were dictating the pace the whole way through. And even if Zeke was getting stats, they were, they weren't really meaningful stats. He wasn't racking up first downs. They weren't converting on third downs. I think they were in the 30 percentile for third down conversions. So it was a pretty weak effort by Dallas because Indy just treated them like their bitch. They really just controlled the pace the entire way. And I was really impressed with the way that the Colts were able to run the ball, honestly. You you stated Marlon Mack's stats a little while ago, but, you know, the fact that right before the playoffs, you, you, you know, you know I'm big with running the ball. That's one of the big things to me in the game. I feel like that that helps you dictate the game. It helps you, you know, dictate the clock. 
It also and, transcends uh, um, geography, really. You know, it's not a West Coast thing. It's not a cold weather. You know, you can go to cold weather, run. You can run in hot weather. You can run on turf. You can run the ball anywhere. So the fact that the Colts are showing that they're able to run the ball right before the playoffs just adds another dimension. You know, Andrew Luck throwing the ball all over the field to basically no-name wide receivers other than T.Y. Hilton. He resurrected the career of Eric Ebron. You know, Marlon Mack is looking like, you know, I, I don't want to say a franchise back, but he's looking like yeah, He's definitely a not a franchise back. back. But, yeah, he is looking like a solid back. You know, so the Colts are scary right now, man. I don't know. Could he be the Joseph Adai to Andrew Luck's Peyton Manning there, perhaps? Could he be? Maybe. 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 That's the thing you do keep saying, the Colts are going to be a problem in the playoffs, and that is what I am worried about most. They are both of our choice to be that dark horse underdog, come out of nowhere, get into the wild card, and cause a whole big ruckus yeah. in the playoffs. Problem is getting there. They're 7-1 and one after a 1-5 and five start. That's amazing. That's one of the best streaks in the league so far this year. They had one little stumbling block there against the Jags, but... That's going to happen every once in a while. The Jags defense actually decided to wake up for one game. But, man, I'm just going to be so disappointed if the Colts don't get in the playoffs. I really am. I feel like they could show a lot of people a lot of things. And this team's just getting started. So even if they don't make it to the playoffs now, they are a very, very dangerous team going forward for years to come. Think about the story of Andrew Luck coming back off of this major shoulder surgery, missing a year, and coming back and leading the Colts to the playoffs, a, a team that everyone left for dead at the beginning of the season, even with Andrew Luck coming back. That would be great. I agree. He's definitely going to have to be the comeback player of the year. He's just proved it all the way through. Andrew Luck's doing a hell of a job. I'd say a lot of people take Mahomes and say Mahomes the next great thing. But we had this conversation last week, actually. Give me luck. If I had to choose between the two of those guys to be my franchise quarterback for the next 10 years, Andrew Luck is my choice, and I'm not even hesitating. And yes, that is, I understand the injuries. I totally get the injury part of it. That might be egg on my face at the end of the day. But we don't know. Mahomes could have more injuries than Luck. He hasn't been around long enough, so I'm not wishing injury on anybody. I hope they both have long, healthy, successful careers behind Derek Carr. That's all. But <laughs> if I had to choose between the two, I'm going luck. Uh, I'm not going to knock you for going luck. You know, it's definitely debatable. I'm going to go Pat Mahomes. What I would give luck the advantage is that uh, – He's kind of went through a little more ups and downs. He's he's a little more savvy to the he's game. Battle tested. Yeah, sure. he definitely is. So he's he's Captain savvy Andrew to Luck, the game. my man. He knows what he's doing. But I think in a couple of years we're going to be amazed at what Mahomes is doing. I think we're going to look back and say, "Wow, that was a great one season he had," and he's had some Maybe pretty he, solid he, seasons he, after. It could go either way, you know, one way or the other. I think Pat Mahomes is going to be a great quarterback. We'll see soon enough. Well, as it stands right there, we are not here to talk about Mahomes. We are here to talk about the Cowboys and the Colts. Both are 8-6. and six. Rick, Cowboys and Colts. One team will make it in. Both teams will make it in. No teams will make it in. What is the most likely scenario for you? The most likely scenario is that both teams make it in. If one, if I had to choose one team not making it in, I think it would be the Cowboys. I think the Eagles are coming on strong, so Dallas needs to watch their back a little bit. I think because they got the one game edge, that they, they should be all right. But Dallas can't afford another loss. I'm gonna say the Colts. I'm gonna say the Colts make it. I think the AFC North pairs itself off. I think they have some tough matchups coming up. I think the Colts are going to be able to sneak in. That is if the Titans don't screw the pooch there for them and steal the steal the spot. But I think the Colts are going to make it, and I too am thinking the Cowboys are slipping. All right, Rick, now moving on to another playoff scenario that got a little bit messy here. We have the Patriots losing to the Steelers, falling to 9-5. and five. Steelers are now 8-5-1, and one, clinging to that hold of the NFC North. They won 17-10. to 10. 
That brings up the very convoluted stat I had last week, where New England lost after the Miami walk-off touchdown, where teams like that have now lost, or away teams have lost, and are now 1-11 and after walk-off touchdowns like that. Pretty crazy. Gronk was 2-for-21. Gronk is done. He might as well set sail on his little boat there and go on the Gronk cruise for the rest of his life, enjoy his partying, he's made enough money, he's had enough contributions, he's just done. I think we can agree on that. Brady looks like he's just about done too. He's really all set. I don't really see him moving back up the charts. Rick, what did you think about this game? I think the Patriots are going downhill, definitely. I think that's... You know, evident. Everybody can see that. What's what's surprising to me is that the Patriots are going downhill and they're still pretty decent because I thought that this was a terrible game from both teams, not just the Patriots. I think that the Steelers got away with a lot of plays and they kind of escaped with this one. You know, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, what's going on with Ben? You know, he made a couple of throws that, you know, Smith-Schuster, the, the the first quarter throw where Smith-Schuster, uh, you know, basically jumped over the corner and caught the ball. Like, these are, like, saving Roethlisberger, you know what I'm saying? A lot of the plays that he made, look, they looked off to me, you know? He's got the picks. He's got the problem with the interceptions. I'm just not feeling the Steelers team right now. Same to be said for the Patriots, but I still think that with Brady and Belichick, the Patriots are still formidable. This Steelers team looks like it's going nowhere to me. And even though they escaped with the win, maybe it was, you know, the hangover from the Miami Miracle, whatever it may be. Or, you know, maybe, the, you know, this Patriots team is just really in that much turmoil. Maybe right. this Patriots team just can't stop the fucking run. Maybe that, that's the you problem. Know, that too. But I think that their problems are fixable. I, I think that the Steelers just, you can't fix you know, the things that Roethlisberger is doing right now. You know, I don't know how much more you know, Schuster and, and Brown are going to bail them out. You know what I'm saying? They, yeah, they struck like there. They're, they're definitely looking for something, but their passing identity isn't the same that it has been. Antonio no, Brown did get a touchdown in this game, but there's really something missing there in that connection. Ever since He's Bell left top five this anymore. year, it's, it's really bad. I don't understand what's happening there. Schuster's definitely taken over as the top dog receiver on this team yep. at this point. You know, a lot of people mentioned very early on the season rumors about would Antonio Brown want out? Would he want to get traded? I didn't think it was really feasible at all back then. I wouldn't be shocked for, for it to happen now. I really no, not, would not be surprised. Not at all. Not at all. Steelers are known to move on from receivers like that. You know what I mean? They're not one to just sit there, overpay, and sit with people. They move on, promote the next guy, and then draft the next young buck to follow him up. They're not scared. So the Steelers are one of the only teams, like one of the only teams left on offense that kind of rely on just toughness. If you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I mean, everybody else has already, or not everyone else, because you know the Jets are still <laughs> trying. But everyone else is kind of progressing to this, you know, bombs away attitude. You know what I mean? And I think the Steelers still get away with that tough part of football on offense. You know, Ben Roethlisberger shaking off a sack or two to make a, a play off schedule, you know what I'm saying, that helps them win games, which is what he's great, you know, which is what he's known for, what makes him great. But at the same time, like I said, I think that he's wearing down. You can see it, you know, the same way you can see it in Brady. These Both these teams are on the decline right now. I think the, the Steelers, even with the victory, are worse off than the Patriots right now, though. I, I think that the Patriots still have Belichick. And their problems are still kind of fixable. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you there that Belichick mm -hmm. is, I've always said it, Belichick's scheming is the best thing for them. And as long as they have access to his brain, they're going to be okay, generally. And they're always going to be a threat. So I, I look at it and you look at things, Brady's definitely fallen off. He had 279 yards, but listen, that 63 yard touchdown to Hogan. I mean, a lot of people want to put that out there for the player. That's a design play. That goes to Belichick. Yeah. And if you have any doubts about that, let me give you a stat. Hogan had 19 yards of separation from the nearest defender. That's the most open a receiver's been in the past two years. Yeah. So that shows you right there that it's 
the design of the play. It's the coaching that is setting up success. It always has been and always will be how it goes in New England that Belichick designs and he has infallible, or generally infallible, unless he decides to be an idiot that, you know, benches Malcolm Butler, puts Gronk in the secondary on a Hail Mary, non-Hail Mary. But other than that, he is just the best coach going, and his game planning is always going to keep the Patriots in the picture and always going to make them be trouble for opposing teams. All right, Rick, it is Pro Bowl season. They have made the votes. They have lined up the rosters. And, of course, we are all going to bitch about it. Pro Bowl snubs. Shall I go first or shall you? What do you think? Who do you like? Who got snubbed? Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck absolutely got snubbed. I can't believe they gave Brady, amongst other players on this team, or on these teams, Brady got the Lifetime Achievement Award here. He's in Kobe Bryant territory at this point. He's just getting voted to the All-Star game until he retires because they just want to have him there. That's a joke. Andrew Luck absolutely deserved it. If we believe that there's any chance that Tom Brady's really going to play, he's not. Unless he's actually retiring, maybe he'll do that as his last game. I don't know, but... I don't see it. These things are all going to pan themselves out. Half the players don't even play in the Pro Bowl once they're voted in. But, yeah, I agree with you. Andrew Luck is definitely one of, if not the biggest snubs. Who you got? Who do I have? I have plenty. I have Darius Leonard, Luck's teammate. He's 146 tackles. He's a rookie. He leads the league. He's over Luke Keekley by, I believe, like 22 tackles. He's So that pretty much clinches. He's going to He can take the rest of the season off, and he'd still have a good chance at being the tackle leader for the season. So he's already vowed because he's very upset. He is an alternate. Let's make that clear. He is an alternate, so there's a decent chance he plays. But he's taking this pretty hard. He's taking it pretty harshly, and he's uh, vowing to put up 40 tackles for the rest of the season. The next two games, he's vowing to put up 40 tackles. So... I'm kind of glad he didn't make it, because I can't wait to see. And I'm not going to lie, he has become one of my favorite players in the league after this, because he comes out as a rookie, he plays hard, he has solid fundamentals, he's all over the place, he's a tackling machine, and when someone pissed on his back, told him it was raining, he said, fuck you, I am going to go out and prove you even more wrong than you think you are. So, he's going to go out, light the world on fire, if he can get... He wants to get 200 tackles, I think. That is his goal. Eventually, he's going to be aiming for 200 tackles every season from now on. I love this kid. I'll give you another quarterback. Go for it. And I might take some flack here, but... Oh, my God. If you say Sam Darnold, I'm going to hang up on you. Pat, why would I say Sam Darnold? That's so biased, man. Unbelievably so, and that is why you would say it. But by all means, go ahead and say what you're going to say. I was going to say Sam Darnton. No, I'm just I joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is a good one. Yes. I'm going to say Russell Wilson because if you're if you watch football, you know he is the Seahawks offense. He is what drives that engine. They have a bunch of you know, average players, and they're making it happen over there. And I think that that's all because of Russell Wilson. He's playing his most efficient season to date. And I think that he deserves some kind of credit. You know, when you think about Jared Goff getting a nod and the struggles that he's having now with the the, the firepower that he has around him, it kind of makes you think a little bit. And it, it's made me think these past couple of days that Russell Wilson got. He yeah, definitely Russell got with Russell. All right. Yeah. I I I agree with you there. I was looking at Goff on there, and I just it wasn't hitting me right that he made it. I wasn't really sure who to replace him, and I was thinking Russell Wilson too. And I absolutely think you're right. I agree. I would take Russell Wilson now over Jared Goff. Just the talent level of the teammates, and just the ability to make the play happen, extend the play. Aaron Rodgers has always been the best for me in my mind about being able to extend the play, make plays happen, and all that. But Russell Wilson's right there. I mean, it's even, if if maybe not even better, who knows? So, I definitely like that. 
Russell Wilson's a good one. Let's get to the obvious one. The really, really obvious one that everyone's saying, and there's two of them, really. It's Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara, I think as good as he is, let's just take him out of this. Because being fifth, if he's fifth in the spot, it's kind of tough to make the case. Okay, will you make it in? Let's just settle him. Would you agree McCaffrey over Kamara for the Pro Bowl? I would agree, yes, 100%. So let's settle on McCaffrey there. McCaffrey, should McCaffrey have made the Pro Bowl roster? And if so, who are you bumping? It's tough for me, man. It really is. Because you got to have Gurley, okay? You got to have Zeke. And you you can't refute what Saquon has done as a rookie. Even though, you know, in our earlier half rookie of the years, I didn't have him as a rookie of the year. He's definitely put up numbers. You know, no one can take that away. It's hard. I want to put McCaffrey in, but with the splash that Saquon has made and, you know, Zeke just being who he is and Gurley just being who he is, it's hard to squeeze McCaffrey in there. It really is. I agree with you there. Now, okay, I guess the next question becomes, should there be some kind of a special extra spot for players like McCaffrey or that ilk that have clearly earned some sort of spot, seems like a Pro Bowl or blah, blah, blah. No, because Basically, are we creating a participation medal for the Pro Bowl, or do we just say, fuck you, there's three spots. It's There's not, three spots, man. Be you one know, of the best. That's what it is. We can't yeah. make everybody a Pro Bowl. No. Be one of the best, man, because if we give you if we if we give one of those spots, if we put one spot up, it's going to be hard to choose, you know, a bunch of snubs to just fill that one spot. You and would have it's to gonna become always offensive yeah, players over yeah. defense and then people are going to be pissed off and then do exactly. another defense. So, yeah, it's and it would turn into positional, you know, we'd have a, a, a special, you know, honorable mention Christian McCaffrey and an honorable mention wide receiver and then an honorable mention. Nah, man. And then it, it, it definitely leads into what you said about the participation trophy bullshit. Exactly. That is the culture of this country that I absolutely hate. And I would be just livid if they decided, you know what? This player just played good enough. Let's put him in anyway. No, that's not the whole point of this. The Pro Bowl is generally a joke anyway, if we're being honest. But it Listen. is an accolade. It is the game itself is a is tends to be just humorous. To be recognized as one of the best in your craft is always, you know, exactly. a great thing. It's well, well that's great. what all pro is there. I guess some people would point to all pro overall. The Pro Bowl. You know, I guess all pros play in the Pro Bowl if they're not hurt. That's the thing. People will always, at the end of the career, when you're running down a list of accomplishments, people are going to say, oh, he went to six Pro Bowls. You know, that's always going to be in there. So. Listen, like I was just saying, bottom line is, I know it's great to be recognized as one of the best in your craft. There's three spots. Be top three. All right. I agree. So he's not top three. We're settled on that. You're we'll saying McCaffrey is not top three. I don't think he is. Not with Barkley. Gurley is definitely in. Yeah. Yeah, I think you gotta Barkley's just no, too special. I'm sorry, McCaffrey. Listen, if you're looking if you're looking for some kind of pat on the back, McCaffrey, call up grandma. Grandma's always give you that for, for giving your best. But right now, your best isn't good enough for us. Call your shitty wide receiver father. Ask him for a pat on the back, you stampered asshole. All right. <laughs> Juju Smith-Schuster. What the hell? Why, why, you know, this is another participation or, or lifetime achievement award, I should say, for Antonio Brown. He really doesn't deserve to be in there over Schuster. No, uh, not at all. Not at all. Uh, Schuster definitely got snubbed. You know, you're getting snubbed on your own team, and that's bad. Because Schuster, like you said earlier, is definitely top dog in in Pittsburgh. And for Antonio Brown to get a nod, I mean, I can give you some other people besides Schuster to get a nod over Brown. But for Brown to get the nod over Schuster. That's the thing. It's so clear cut because it's right there on the same team. It's it's apples and apples right there. You know what I mean? So. (laughs) 
100%. I got to say, uh, there are a couple others here. I'll run through them quick for you. Leighton Van Der Esch should absolutely be in there. I like Leighton in there. Leighton and Leonard, two keep, rookie keep, linebackers. Keep the spot. I mean, the, the thing with Van Der Esch, it's so tough. They should probably have a third you taking inside Keekly linebacker out? because you have uh, Keekly and Bobby Wagner. Yeah, it's pretty tough competition. Yeah, so, you know what I'm saying. So calling calling Leighton Van Der Esch a snub right now. I mean, he's had a great season. He's a rookie. He's looking great. No, put him in uh, over Wagner. Fuck it. <laughs> I don't know. Bobby Wagner's up there. Bobby right Wagner's now. awesome. Don't get but it wrong. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if it was Leonard and Van Der Esch and not Keekly and Wagner? That's what I'm saying. So two rookies. All right, uh, DeForest Buckner from the Niners. Listen, nobody's going to bump Aaron Donald out of the Pro Bowl, obviously. He might bump himself, potentially because of the Super Bowl. Who knows? But, I mean, Hicks and Cox, that sounds like a bad porn name. You know what I mean? It's fucking DeForest Buckner has been playing much better than both of these guys. He's just on the Niners, so he's not getting enough recognition for that i feel like he got snubbed same with the defensive end from kansas city chris jones he's got 14 sacks for 111 yards lost i definitely agree with chris jones you know coming in making that kind of impact 14 and a half sacks for 111 yards lost wow man yeah he definitely earned that spot over a couple of guys uh, ingram a couple of guys he's just he doesn't have the name that's a problem i got one for you pat tell me what you think about this Jared Cook. Oh, I have two for you, Rick. Jared Cook and Rodney Hudson. That's what I tell you. Jared Cook should absolutely be in over Eric Ebron. Rodney Hudson has allowed seven pressures in the past two years. He's the best center possibly in football, definitely in the AFC. The Raiders are absolutely being snubbed. There is no reason that Rodney Hudson, center for the Raiders, and there is no reason Jared Cook, tight end for the Raiders, both are not in the Pro Bowl. It's a joke. They'll probably get in his alternates at some point down the road. I don't understand it. It makes yeah, no right. sense. Jared Cook no sense is all. probably one of the best, if not best, tight ends. If Gronk's going to get snubbed out of there, it needed to be Cook filling that spot because he has been lighting it up in that position. His rapport with Derek Carr is insane. Yep, I agree 100%. Those are our Pro Bowl snubs. I guess we'll have to wait and see how it all works out, who's going to the Super Bowl, who decides to sit out for vacation or injury or just not wanting to play in the damn Pro Bowl. So we'll see who ends up actually getting snubbed or ends up actually playing in this thing. All right, Rick, now we're going to uh, some fresh breaking news. Somebody that's actually been snubbed from playing for the rest of the season, and that is Cam Newton. Cam Newton had been shut down by the Carolina Panthers for the rest of the season. The past three games, Rick, 70% is his highest rating. He's had two touchdowns, six interceptions. He's been completely ineffective. I just, I can't really argue with shutting him down. Obviously, that's the right case. Would you say this is the right thing to do? The only reason I question it is because knowing Cam Newton and his mentality sometimes, you know, he kind of has that mopey, sad sack mentality. So do you think this will do good things for him? Better mentality, and how do you think it's going to affect the Panthers and possibly more Christian McCaffrey in the fantasy environment? Do you think people are just going to stack the box now and just dial in completely on on Christian McCaffrey? Uh, it seems likely, you know, what came out. Yeah, I, I, I guess that's how you would game plan against this offense right now. You, you know, you don't you don't know what the backup quarterback Henneke is going to give you right now, so. I guess, you know, you were game plan to just stack the box and stop Christian McCaffrey. I think this is a couple games too late, honestly, man. I think Cam's been showing signs that he's been hurt for a while now, and it's shown in these losses, you know what I'm saying? Maybe sure. you could maybe you could have got a you know a backup in there, got him some reps, and maybe he could have saved you a game or two, and maybe you would have still been fighting for the playoffs just getting Cam back. But that wasn't the case. You know, you guys chose to stick it out with Cam. You thought that he could tough it out and get you some wins, and it didn't go in your favor. And like I said, this was a couple games too late. 
They should have took him out a while ago. I agree. It was a couple games too late. They really weren't sure what they were doing. I think they were just pressing it, trying to hope for the playoffs. And once they saw the playoffs were out of reach, they decided to pull the trigger on the obvious business decision. But I get they thought they had the playoffs in sight. They did not. A couple of teams that do have the playoffs in sight are going to be playing in some huge matchups with huge ramifications. Rick, let's go through them one by one, and we're going to see and settle a little bit of what's going to happen with this wild card wackiness and a little bit of the playoff scenarios. Rick, on Saturday, we have the Redskins and the Titans. Both these guys have outside chances of sneaking in to the playoffs. What do you think happens in Redskins at Titans? I think the Titans are going to get the dub here. I think Henry's come on strong, and Mariota's going to make the plays that he needs to make. I think Washington had a valiant effort last week in the victory, but it is what they it is what it is, and they are who they are. And I think that Tennessee's going to come away with the victory. I agree. The Jags are a reeling, pitiful, just terrible team in general. It, their defense is full of woes, their offense is full of holes, and I just don't like what the Jags do. The Alliance, which is the dumbest name for a football league in history of anything, uh, first-round pick, I believe. I don't know how they're, I don't follow their drafts exactly. Josh Johnson, he was, he carried the Redskins to a victory, he helped them out. They got a big dub. It's about the only dub they're going to get. Everybody knows the Redskins are down and out. I don't see them shutting down the Titans. The Titans are running wild right now. Their running game is on point. Henry is feeling himself. He's really improving a lot with every game. He's showing that he was worth that big pick. Deion Lewis is a great supplemental player. I like what I see from the Titans. They're definitely going to get the win at home. Uh, The other Saturday game is the Ravens at the Chargers. Rick, Ravens-Chargers, this is a big one because if the Ravens lose, that's that loss that the Colts need to sneak on in, get ahead of them. They also will lose a little bit of ground potentially in the AFC North. The Chargers, they need to win out to really have a chance here to get that AFC West in home field. What do you think? Ravens at Chargers. Melvin Gordon might be back. You know, this is a tough one for me, man. Um... I think the Colts are going to get in, so obviously I'm I'm thinking somewhere along the line that uh, the Ravens have to lose, you know what I'm saying? But that defense and the way that Lamar Jackson gives them an element of controlling the clock and kind of controlling the game, this kind of could go either way, you know? And, and with the, the Chargers' track record of losing big games later on in the season, this might be one of them. I don't know. They but- might have quash that uh, whole reputation after beating the Chiefs, no? Mm, no, not really. I've seen the Chargers go 12 and 3 or or 12 and 4, 11 and 5, 13 and 3 and kind of lose in the first round. Oh, here Stop. we go with that again. It seems like that's the one uh, thing <clears throat> you seem to be clinging on. We need to come around the corner on the fact that this is a different Charger team, Rick. I don't know. It's still Phillip Rivers, that quarterback. You and know, he and is playing like- lights out right now. Rivers is driven. He was always a good quarterback, but he wasn't really driven the same way. I don't know what it, what it was before, but I know now he is completely driven by the not one, but need to have that Super Bowl title and have that ring, be able to show his entire cheaper by the dozen family and everybody around the league that he's not the poor man's Roethlisberger or Manning or anybody else. That draft class wasn't just two guys. It was all three of them, and Rivers belongs in the conversation, and he belongs in the Hall of Fame. These are the cases that Rivers wants to make. I can see it in his eyes. He's he's fired up. He's ready to finish this thing strong. Well, like I said, I picked the Chargers to win. I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens won. I would say, Rick, you the Ravens don't necessarily have to lose out for the Colts to get there because the Steelers are at the Saints. An even bigger matchup. Steelers have to visit the Saints. What do we think here? Because the Saints, I don't see any way they're losing this game. I don't either, especially the way I just told you. I'm not a big fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the way they've been playing. Um, Even if the Steelers come ready to play and play well, I just don't think they can keep up on offense right now. You know what I'm saying? I think that uh, eventually 
that uh, New Orleans defense is going to catch up to Pittsburgh in this game, and it's going to slow them down one way or another, and I don't see that Saints offense being slowed down right now at all. Absolutely agree. I think the running game, the passing game, everything's going to be going crazy on that Steelers defense. They're playing with guts, they're playing with speed, but it's not going to matter. The Saints are going to be able to score at will on the Steelers, I believe. So... We'll have to wait and see. The AFC North is going down potentially against two top teams this weekend. What that does for the playoff scenarios, who knows? We also have the Chiefs at Seattle, which is going to be a big one for the Chargers. Chiefs at Seattle. Rick, I am looking at Seattle for the, I wouldn't say big upset, but I'd say the upset. I mean, the lack of running game or the turmoil in the running game, who knows what's going to happen here with the Chiefs. You still have Mahomes airing it out, but to me it hasn't been quite as effective as it was before. He's still winning, he's still putting up numbers, but there's just something. It's The mystique isn't quite as there as it was earlier in the season a little bit. Um, I like Seattle coming on strong at home. They're going to be able to put the Chiefs down. You know, as I think about it more and more, uh, this Kareem Hunt issue kind of it kind of took its toll on the Chiefs, you know, and it's kind of showing a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Seattle won this game. You know what I'm saying? It's in Seattle. You know, the crowd is coming. Seattle's looking to get a playoff berth, and they're gonna come to play. You know, and they and they run the ball, so it's gonna be interesting. You know what I'm saying? I think that the Chiefs still have enough firepower, but like you said, it, it doesn't look the same. And I'm afraid that maybe this Kareem Hunt thing was bigger than I thought last week when, you know, when I thought you could just plug in any running back and go. It still seems like you get production. I mean, well, yeah, Damian Williams there and Spencer Ware, if he's healthy. I mean, it's not like they don't have solid running backs there. It's not even that they're that good running backs. They're just, they fit into that scheme well and they play well within the offense. They're not just shitbirds that don't get anything done. You know what I mean? So whatever running back they have is going to help out. But absolutely, talent-wise, Kareem Hunt leaving the building for the idiotic thing that he did or things that he did is definitely going to cause a big dent in the Chiefs' season, and it could be fatal to their Super Bowl hopes. So not sure that I like that there. I think Russell and his ragtag group of offense, like you said earlier, I think they are going to be able to scorch that mediocre middle-of-the-road Chiefs defense. I understand that we all talk about the Chiefs offense, but the Chiefs defense, while still very solid in certain spots, and they have Eric Berry back and all that, their defense isn't great. You know what I mean? They're not one of the tops of the top teams. I wouldn't put them there. So I like Seattle, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs won either. That should be a fun one to watch. And another fun one, the last one to watch, will be the Eagles at home hosting the Texans. This is going to have big implications here. The Texans, they're all set with the South, but they do have to worry about the Patriots nipping at their heels for that first round bye. Meanwhile, the Eagles are going to need everything they can muster from Nick Foles bringing the magic back, put on your underdog puppet heads, and uh, get to work, Philly, because you're going to need everything you can and a little bit of luck. Well, you got a little bit of luck last week with them crushing, with him crushing the Cowboys. You're actually going to need a little bit of Jameis this week because Tampa Bay is going to have to beat the Cowboys for you to have a chance, but you're also going to have to beat the Texans to have a chance. I do like the Eagles. I think they're coming on strong. It's pretty damn impressive. I gotta say, I don't know what this says for Carson Wentz and his future, but I like the Eagles. Foles has him fired up yet again. So, But the Texans are so strong. I don't know. I like the Eagles. What do you think, Rick? I like the Eagles as well, man. Um, the Texans are, you know, like I said before, you know, they, they don't scare people too much because they don't do it in a flashy way. And I think that the Eagles are in, they're coming in and they, they're going to try to make this a dogfight and they're going to rally behind Foles. It's, you know, it's evident that Foles is doing something a little different than Wentz is, you know, Alshon Jeffries come alive, you know, before that you didn't see him. So there's, they definitely, there's definitely a difference when Foles is in the game. I think that the Eagles kind of rally behind him, but is it because he won the Super Bowl for them or I don't know, but it sure seems that, like I said, they rally behind him and they play for Foles. So I'm looking for the Eagles to come on strong and, and take this one. 
I'm not going to get into what's going to happen there in the off season. I don't see them moving on from Wentz or anything like that. We can talk about that in the off season. But Philly Foles, they that was the name of the play, and there's something Philly special right there. So, Rick, I would like to address one stupid little bit in the news today. It must have been a slow news day today, even though with Cam Newton going out, Aaron Rodgers announcing he's going to play against the Jets more than likely. Uh, it was huge news today that John Gruden, quote-unquote, loves Nathan Peterman, and Nathan Peterman was signed to the Raiders practice squad. People need to get a life. He is not the heir apparent. He's not the successor. He's not starting for Carr. This isn't a sign of disaster, especially a week after John Gruden talked up Derek Carr a lot. Some people think he's fattening up the pig, getting ready for roast. They're going to try and trade Carr. I don't believe any of that. Could be wrong. Who knows? Let's pump the brakes here. Peterman is just a damn rookie. Clearly, they like something going on in Buffalo because they signed A.J. McCarron earlier, too. McCarron just had a kid with a pretty ridiculous name. And listen, Peterman has been signed to the practice squad. He hasn't been promoted to starter. Let's stop getting carried away. People just love shitting on the Raiders. I just couldn't stand it anymore, Rick. I had to go out here and say a little bit. Listen, John Gruden was off for a long time. He made a lot of contacts. you got to remember how many quarterbacks he had come through that damn uh, quarterback camp there, or whatever the hell it was called, and he had people going through the room. You don't know what he saw. Just because a bunch of quarterbacks went to Buffalo and shit the bed doesn't mean that they may not be okay. And while I'm not saying turnover Peterman is ready to play, I'm just saying... Maybe this guy needed somebody in the practice squad. He trusted what he saw a few years ago when he hosted him in his uh, quarterback camp, and he figured, screw it. I'll see if I can uh, fix what went wrong and see if I can help out with some mechanics. Maybe this guy's a backup quarterback for the future because he's always looking for a backup quarterback. We just talked about foals. Kind of important to have a backup quarterback. So people need to chill the fuck out. All right, Rick, here we are at the end once again. We are here for the fourth quarter comeback official power rankings of the week. Rick, who is your number five team? Go. (laughs) My number five team is going to be the Los Angeles Rams. I think that golf is showing signs of um, not being good right now. (laughs) Um. I'm a little afraid for this team. I still think that, like I said earlier, they got a lot of firepower, and I could see them turning it around at any moment, but I'm just a little worried for them, so I got them right now at number five. Look who has joined the bandwagon. Uh, As I told you, I pulled an audible last week right in the middle of the power rankings, and I moved the Rams back to number five. Lucky for them... That's where I kept them. I did consider actually bumping the Rams completely out of the power rankings as they have just had dismal showing after dismal showing the past few weeks. So as much as I considered it, I stuck with the Rams. I don't know if that caught that, so I'm just going to... As much as I considered it, I am sticking with the Rams. 11-3, and they're my number five team. They're falling off bad. But uh, Cooper Cup, holy shit. Like, he's not the MVP, he's the COG, because he is the cog that made that machine run. He just is something special. They're missing him. They used him for a lot of stuff, disguising the play. Their play action has essentially died the day that Cooper Cup went down. Number four, the 11-3 LA Chargers. I like the Chargers a lot. You know that. They are my AFC Super Bowl team. They are staying at number four out of necessity. I would have moved them far up if it could be another way, but it just can't be. That's the way the universe is. I'm not worried if they don't get the AFC West title and get home field. I'm simply not worried. They're 6-1 on the road this year. People are making too much about them not being able to go anywhere and win. The Chargers are a class team. They're finally going to put it together just as a playoff start. Chargers are my number four. My number four team is also 11-3, and but it's the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, The Kansas City Chiefs, like I said, uh, you know, these past couple of days I've been thinking and, you know, going back and watching some game film, 
it looks like they're missing something. You know, this Kareem Hunt thing, I don't know, man. They're not they're still getting production, but the offense doesn't seem to be clicking the way it was before. So I'm a little afraid for this team as well. Um I can see them definitely getting into the playoffs, definitely maybe winning a game in the playoffs, but I'm a little afraid going into that championship game if they make it there, you know. I don't know if this team is who I thought they were a couple of weeks ago. So they're my number four team right now. And my number three team is going to be the Chicago Bears. I like this Bears team now. I don't know. I'm not sold on Trubisky. Like I said last week, I'm, I'm afraid, you know, he's a little risky for me. But this Bears defense is solid, man. And, you know, that what, what gets me about this defense is the secondary. You know, everybody pays attention to Khalil Mack and, you know, the disruption that the front seven oh, causes. Oh, Eddie Jackson's one of the best on the team. That defensive secondary is pretty, pretty good, man. You know, um, looks like they're going to be locking up a lot of receivers in the playoffs. We'll see. It remains to be seen, man. Can, can Trubisky just not cost them games? So I'm afraid of this Bears team. They're number three for me. All right. Well, my number three is also the same. I'm sorry I'm going to be so boring here. My number three team is the 12-2 and two, New Orleans Saints. They're a fantastic team. They're going to fly towards home field advantage here very soon, and they are potentially the best, most talented team in the NFC, if not the entire NFL, with 167 ridiculous net points. That is an absurd point differential. They are just as good almost on defense at this point as they are on offense. Their offense has been a little stagnant. They played a couple of good defensive teams lately, and we've seen them stumble, but they're still holding it together a lot better than a couple of other teams have been. I like the Saints at number three. They are going to be that team to beat. Number two, a little bit of a shakeup in my list this week, everybody. And with a humiliating defeat to the Indianapolis Colts, I had to drop the Dallas Cowboys one spot down to number two. They're eight and six. The only reason that I don't have them there, listen, their two and five road record is a little shaky. I don't love that. So that's going to come into play. The offense needs to step it up. They need to realize we need to help carry this team just as well. The defense can't settle it for us every week. We need to put points on the board. We can't just have these huge flash stat breakouts one game a month and hope that it's going to work out for us. I feel like the offense will step up. Or The only reason I dropped them down realistically was because the coaching is still suspect and that's what cost them a big win last week. Or a bad loss, I should say. And they're on the brink. They have not won their division yet. They actually have a chance to fall out. So that's why they just had to fall back a little bit. The Cowboys are my number two team. Rick, how about you? My number two team is going to be a little shocker. But I'm buying in. The Los Angeles Chargers. I'm buying in. You know, I, I talk about how they're, you know, how they've been good before, 13 and 3, 12 and 4, you know what I'm saying? And got bumped in the first round of the playoffs. But those are the years. That's not this year in, in this case right now. So I'm anxious to see. They look like one of the best teams in the league right now, top two, in my opinion. Can they sustain this? It's my only question. So they're going to be number two for me this week. And my number one team is going to be the New Orleans Saints. I still think they're the best team in the league. They're cruising to that home field advantage, the bye week. They look tough. You know, they, they still got a stout defense. Their offense is amazing when it's running. They can be slowed down, but I think they can also slow people down. So I like the Saints. They're still top dog in my mind. Well, Rick, if you are buying in, then I am selling out because once and for all, I have put... Khalil Mack and the Chicago Bears in the number one spot and it breaks my silver and black heart at 10 and 4 they beat the Packers they clinch the division they're just moving on up risky Trubisky you know what risk brings big reward and I just hate what is happening they have the thunder and lightning kind of backfield there they have a big receiver in Allen Robinson who seems to kind of be putting it together at the right time. The defense is amazing, as you said. I just, I'm not going to bring in why I 
talk about the Cowboys and Bears being one and two yet again because of the Raiders pick and the universe hates Raider Nation and all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to bring that up. The Bears are the number one team. That stout defense is going to handle things, and the Rams are shaky. You, sir, I believe last week or the week before, brought up a whole big thing about how, well, oh, the Bears, they're not a problem. They shouldn't, you know, worry the Rams or anything like that going forward, because if they have to play the well, it's not so clear-cut, Rick. Because a little, th- a few couple things go their way, and guess what? They're hosting games in Chicago in that cold, bitter weather. So we're not so sure what's going to happen here, but I do know one thing that's going to happen, and that is the Bears are going to stay my number one team on the six-pack pat version of the power rankings. Those are our official fourth quarter comeback power rankings of the week. Rick, I look forward to see what you do next week as you have officially jumped on the bandwagon. You finally took all my advice. You're following the Bears. You're really buying into the Chargers. You're seeing the truth of what is happening around the league. And boy, things are getting clearer by the week, aren't they? Yeah, except for the Cowboys. Well, we'll just have to wait and see on that one. That is our show, everybody. I am Six Pack Pat O'Connor, he is Red Zone Rick, and we are both very appreciative. We are almost all the way through this NFL season. It's amazing how time flies. It goes a little too fast for my taste, but God, I have loved every single bit of it, and I love every week of bringing you this content. Happy holidays from us at the show. We appreciate everything you guys do for us, and we love every single one of you. Please go out there and follow us on Twitter at 4QC Show is the show page at Six Pack Pat. For me, and with the number six, you can follow Rick at Rick Red Zone. Rick Red Zone. You can follow the Facebook page for the fourth quarter comeback, and you can find us anywhere that podcasts are downloaded. Thank you very much, everybody. Have a great Christmas. Enjoy your holidays. We will be off a little bit longer this week, obviously enjoying with our families, enjoying the time. We hope you enjoy the holidays and enjoy the football. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.